Yeah, so my name is Alex. Hi, hello. Um, essentially, what I do now is I'm an online uh, uh, functional and metabolism specialist coach. So I work a lot with women who are navigating hormonal imbalances, whether that be like PCOS, gut issues, um, Hashi, is hypothyroidism, things of that nature, more complex cases that basic nutrition or just training wouldn't really be able to cover from like a standard superficial perspective. On top of that, I work a lot from a mindset perspective. I would say the women that come to us are just, like I said, going through hormonal shit. It's also very vulnerable for them. So being able to have conversations from a safety perspective of what they're going through in their lives, how this is affecting them. Like we tie a lot from a mindset and empowerment component for women. Um, I also... I'm a certified sex and relationship coach, so I'm able to integrate that into my coaching as well. Since when we really talk about like wellness and health, it is very intricate from that perspective. It's not just what you eat, how you train. And so we really take that like functional approach to be able to help women who feel like they've been stuck for a while and don't really know where to go or who to support them and everything like that. Um, and yeah, and I, I really love it. It's really, really fun what I'm being able to do and being able to step into this role in the last couple of years has shown that I was probably meant to do this for a really, really long time, even though I probably had like hesitations as to being in the place to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you keep saying we, like, is it just you or are you with a team? So I work for Alicia's Barbell. Um, so it's a team of, I think, seven of us now two coaches, a CEO, and then we have a bunch of admin as well. Um, definitely a we component. We work together in, like, obviously we have our own individual clients, but the community aspect in what we do is very integrated. Like, it's not just me and my clients. Like, Coach Kenzie, who's another one of our clients, she reaches out. They reach out to me all the time, especially if it's, like, relationship side of things or sex side of things. Um, but we all work together to be able to help obviously more women than just what I'm able to. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, definitely more of like the wellness health coaching versus like competition coaching. So you're not really going towards like, Hey, I'm going to turn someone who is like 95% awesome in terms of their physique into like 99% trying to like pick up a win on stage. It's more of like, Hey, I'm gonna try and make your life better through these practices, these things that I, yeah, like, yeah, these skills that I have that aren't necessarily like I'm adjusting your macros or I'm creating a training program for you a little, right. a little bit beyond that scope. Oh yeah. And I would say we work with predominantly lifestyle. We work with also a lot of like post competitors who are just trying to make the transition into like everyday life and make that like aspect and that change. We do obviously do nutrition macros included, but also a lot of it is making that switch to like educated eating, just integrated into your everyday life and just trying to have like a healthy feel your best especially when with a lot of hormonal imbalances like you just feel like shit <laughs> you don't feel good and you don't know why you don't feel good um and a lot of it is also like when you have like personal experiences that like i said you're able to hear women and make them feel safe and heard like i know my personal like coming off of hormonal birth control was not fun you were with me for like the first half of it in terms of just like my skin yeah. being and then nobody can like you, no one can really help you with that. Like that's something that you work on in your own from like a confidence perspective and like how to go about that. And so for women, it can feel really isolating 
um, even like their partners may not understand. And so just allowing them to feel their best, which sounds really silly, but we take advantage of just like waking up and not feeling chronically fatigued all the time, like taking advantage of those things when a lot of women struggle with that a fuck ton, especially if they're coming off of birth control or especially if doctors have been giving them the the runaround, everything's normal. We don't know why you're feeling this way. And then they're like, cool, great. Am I broken? Is something wrong? And so being able to help them dive a little bit deeper into that to make them help them feel their best. Yeah. And like you said, there's definitely a deeper component versus just the superficial macros, training, cardio, supplements, which I feel like most people, especially like in the world I kind of operate in, they live by a lot of those like, quantitative standards like hey yeah. i can look at these things i can look at the numbers i can say hey i'm taking two capsules of this i'm doing x amount of cardio my macros are xyz my training mm -hmm. looks like this um yep. but what you're doing is a little bit more qualitative so it's it's a bit more like conversational you're trying to get deeper into what is happening under the hood for a lot of your clients um mm -hmm. and you mentioned like the the sex coaching so I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper in like what that might look like and what that entails, because I'm sure that not a lot of people would understand just from, well, maybe they understand intuitively what sex coaching might be, but like how you're able to actually step in and assist with that for someone who might be working with you. Yeah. So I get questions about that all the time because so many people are like, do you like watch us have sex? Do you do this? And it's like, if you pay more, I, you pay more for it. Sure. If you really want it. Yeah. Um, no, but obviously it can go. And what I like to do specifically is obviously help from a relationship standpoint. I work majority with women. I don't necessarily work with their partners. Um, in this stage, I would say of where I'm at, that would be something in the future. But that's obviously when you're working with two people, it's a, it's a lot bigger of a container that you have to hold and a lot more opinions. And it's just like right now, more so helping women, um, especially when you look at just the lack of education that we have gotten from a sex education perspective or for women feeling like their desires don't matter, like hearing it all is actually really sad when you really think about it. Like, and so being able to help women just figure out their basic needs and desires of like, what do you enjoy? And a lot of times, like it doesn't always start like that. Um, but then when a little line of clients, like we start to talk about that component, we can like hop on a call and we start to dive a little bit deeper, but helping women just understand that like, their desires are not weird. If they don't know what they are, how we can help them find them, how they can communicate that to your partner. Because also a lot of men in heterosexual relationships specifically think they might know everything or think they know how to help their partner and like are very hesitant to feedback, especially if you've been in a relationship for a really long time. Because you think what you've been doing is like great. And it might be, but also there's a really good chance each person has not fully been able to communicate what they need or what they like. And so it's helping women understand what they genuinely deserve and what they genuinely enjoy, but also how to connect with their own bodies. Because a lot of women have very, very sex for the other person, or they don't really know how to fully drop into their own body to feel safe and be able to explore other areas that are just really exciting. And so... A lot of it's just helping them also reconnect with themselves. And then also if they are in romantic relationships, how they can have those conversations with their partner to lead to both of them having better sex lives. No, yeah, that's really interesting. And honestly, something that I feel like 
is naturally like a pretty good fit for you. Um, just from us knowing each other for quite a long time, that yeah. feels like a very natural progression for you and like what you're, you're comfortable with, but also like what you're good with too, like in terms of like talking about and, um, being able to, I guess, tap into like those taboo conversations with other people and make them feel a little bit more comfortable about that too. Um, yeah. but no, I, I think that that's probably something that most people could use most people could at least like have someone in their corner that is able to have those difficult or like maybe a little bit awkward conversations with them uh -huh. uh, and most traditional therapy is probably not along the lines of like what they would be needing in that sense what is right no one is it a show on netflix it's like called like like build a sex room or something like that yeah great show if you've never seen it fantastic show <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, Even just from, like, breaking down taboo qualities, yeah. like, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, like, obviously, I don't know how exactly you do it, but, like, in my head, I'm imagining it more like that, right? Like, you're stepping yeah. in a role where you're allowing people to talk about things that maybe they don't feel comfortable talking about with most other people or even their partner, yeah. uh, and then trying to find a way for them to be able to, like, feel that satisfaction in their, in their yeah. private personal life. So that's honestly pretty dope. I mean. Yeah. I mean, because I think about my friendships all throughout my, like, even childhood in college. Like, I feel like I was always the friend people talked to about sex. Mm -hmm. And what whether that was, like, not in a, like, typical kid fashion, but more so just, like, speaking freely on it and people being like, oh, she's talking about it and it's not weird for her to talk. Like, very few people, even in their friendships, talk about sex in a very healthy manner because to me when you don't have those conversations you do feel isolated or you feel like what you enjoy is weird or fucked up or whatever it is um and so half the time like looking back on that I'm like yeah this always makes sense because I'm very comfortable talking about those things and I want women in particular to also feel safe doing that uh because it's not weird and how you have conversations is how you learn and how you grow and like I said specifically in a society where we're not taught fucking shit specifically women about their bodies as a whole um the lack of information out there just makes it very challenging to even have conversations with friends about it um and so yeah being able to like have them talk freely and also obviously there's things that we don't touch on like if someone was coming to me with like sexual trauma that's out of my side of that's my outside of my scope like i don't want to ever touch that to be able to because you can easily bring someone back to that and that's a really dangerous thing you can do. So if that was ever the case, it's like that is someone who needs to go to therapy or a psychiatrist or something of that nature or like a somatic therapist. Um, but just being able to help women connect with their bodies. Some women haven't like can't look at their bodies naked or have never been able to like give themselves a hug intimately because whether they don't feel safe or they don't feel beautiful or whatever it may be, and so helping women even just connect with themselves to feel safe in their own body is something I really try to do, whether that be just conversations with them, giving them homework, so to speak, um, and just allowing them to have foster foster better connections with themselves, because ultimately that leads to a better personal sex life as well as any partners that you have in the mix as well. Um, and so that's a really, really fun thing, because that's also a whole nother vulnerable element that very few people have even been able to touch on like 
we our friend group is really awesome because we're all really open-minded and we all have conversations about things that the majority of people never would talk about right and so you'd be surprised how many partners don't even talk about their own sex life with each other like it's such a weird thing when you think about it or a bizarre topic for like our friend group to think about because we're all really open in terms of communication in that way but some people don't even know how to talk to their own partners about what they like or want to hear what they their other person likes and so yeah it's a really fun thing that's one of my favorite components of like what i do yeah well part of it too is that sex is still a relatively taboo thing to talk about especially publicly um like you said like the friend group that we have is very open-minded and i think just a lot of a lot of the backgrounds that our friends have have kind of led them into just being very comfortable with weirder, I guess, quote unquote, weirder conversations. Right, right. A lot of people, maybe if you heard it in public or you overheard someone talking about it in public, you'd be like, okay, all right. Like that's a, like, that's a little bit out there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for the people that we know that we're a little bit more intimately familiar with, um, a lot of these conversations are just, they're very normal and natural. And over time, we've just gotten so used to having the sex conversations. Um, whether they're like serious or joking or whatever it might be. Uh, but it's, right. it's definitely something that I think over time we've just kind of normalized and because we've normalized a lot of things that are a little bit more taboo. And I honestly, like our friends in general are more taboo between the, the lifestyles that we live, the <laughs> piercings, the tattoos, like it, there's a lot of things that we do that are outside of the norms. So having unnatural non-normal sexual conversations i feel like just kind of is part of the course for our friends but it is yeah. a, a little bit weird sometimes whenever you remember that like not everyone is like that not everyone yeah. can just openly have a conversation about like their friend's sex life in front of you know 15 other people where we just like talk about it normally and joke about it it's like mm -hmm. just okay it's just whatever right like we don't think twice but right sometimes it is a little bit humbling to remember that there are some people that like don't bring up sex, even their partners, much less in their friend groups. Like it's just not talked about. Um, yeah. And I mean, luckily I think that it's becoming a little bit more normal. Um, just in general, I think that a lot of things that were considered taboo are becoming a bit more normal now. Um, I think that's yeah. one of those things, but still not anywhere near like where it should be just because sex is, I think a sensitive topic for a lot of people. And because it's a sensitive mm -hmm. topic, I think it's there's a hesitancy to bring that up in front of others uh maybe because you don't want to get ridiculed maybe because you feel like you're going to make someone else feel uncomfortable talking about that um but yeah i mean it is definitely good that we're moving a little bit closer towards that and interesting the way that you're operating with that as well because like i said i feel like you've always been able to step into that and it's probably always been something like you were meant to do in some capacity um, yeah, but I think like the journey to get there has always been a little bit uncertain. Well, you're like, how do you do it? Yeah. Like, how do I do it from a professional sense that is professional clearly? Um, and yeah, and you know, people come out of the woodwork and can say whatever things if you talk about like be me even posting some stuff on my social media from a story perspective, like the amount of people that come out of the woodwork just to like say unnecessary things. And you're like, yeah, good. That was. Do you feel better? Do you feel better now that you said that? Like, I think of like where we grew up 
having conversations with like our our friend groups that we had versus where we grew up it's like yeah those that doesn't exist and even so like i i agree which is with more education too which i always make the joke with like if i ever have kids bless their heart because from a sex positive parent perspective they might love me or they might be like god mom you're just like you're so much right now and it's like yeah but because we learned nothing <laughs> you're gonna have to learn things um yeah i mean part of it too is like like i'm firmly of the belief that the more that you try and hide or repress difficult or sensitive information or conversations the more that people are curious about those things yeah so like what you said like where we grew up it was definitely extremely conservative in a lot of different ways but i would say that like our parents in general are yeah type to be very like pro sex ed right like they're not gonna pull either one of us aside and be like hey like so this is how you do this right that's not ever gonna happen um yeah they weren't like anti-set like they weren't like yeah demonize you but they yeah they very much were like my mom put me on the pill and which agree i'm like that's awesome i love that you did that for me but that was kind of like the elaboration of anything else there was no other conversation about it yeah, so. yeah definitely um definitely an interesting way to grow up i think for both of us but um before we move on to like i, I guess like the juicier stuff that we're going to talk about here in a second i definitely want i want you to talk about like your background with softball because that's something that i don't think that a lot of people probably know like how how you were able to kind of build through your life and use softball as a jumping point for a lot of different things, especially like your background with fitness and like getting you into that world and that space. But you just kind of want to like give a high level overview of like what you did with softball and like your career there. Um, because I do think that that's a good primer for allowing people to understand like why and how you got into this world initially. Yeah. Even the component of just, like grit like even even like tying into other elements of life of thinking that like no one is going to like save you no one's going to do this like whenever I had transferred from Marshall to Ohio State to play I mean I was a walk-on I remember like I was at the batting ages like by myself at the freaking uh what is that at Ohio State the arc is that what that's the called arc. yeah yeah the arc <laughs> I would like go to the arc which is old ass place in uh, at Ohio State like rec facility I'd ask them, like, drop down the cages, and I was just, like, by myself going over and over and over again. And even that level of, like, oh, like, nobody else is going to help you do this. You have to do this. You have to, like, step up and trying out making a team, and it was really fun. But definitely just falling in love with, like, adversity and challenge and competition is something even to this day I'm obsessed with. I I'm very competitive. <laughs> like in basic things and the transition also from softball to not being an athlete anymore was also something that was really challenging because you lose your identity a little bit when you've been an athlete your whole life a student your whole life um but being able to be a part of a team sport in my opinion is what allowed me to want to continue the component of health and fitness but being able to help other people um because to me, it maybe it would have been different if I was in a single or um, a solo sport or didn't have a team. But the element of just constantly building up people around me while also allowing their 
success to push me to be successful, like in being able to lift one another up rather than in a lot of ways where you see women tear women down, I think it's something that I was able to transition to and move into like where I'm at right now and being able to bring other women up along with the ride and not being able to like shove them down for whatever reason. But to me, just like I love the element of being in good shape, but also like succeeding, pushing yourself, the grind, failure, like everything about that just allows you to build who you are as a human being. And hands down, I would not be the person I am today without that type of background. And it's really fun. I wish more people in my life would have seen me play. I look around. I was just having this conversation with Seven and Chris about like, no one in my life today really that I'm really, really good friends with got to see me besides you and Chris. I was like all that, that was really there. Um, and so, yeah, but being able to just being able to like build up women, grind, hustle. I feel like very few people get to have that type of experience. And I think it m- makes you like less entitled. It makes you like work for what you're like p- paying your dues, working for what you need. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. I, I still miss it to this day. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll actually fill in some of the gaps for you since I don't think that you, you, I don't like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Both of these covered everything that could have been covered there. So, um, high level is in high school, you were really fucking good, but you didn't get offered scholarships to bigger universities because you're a tiny girl. And then you went to Marshall, you did well at Marshall, but you were hurt your freshman year. Then you transferred to OSU and you walked on at OSU, Ohio State. You walked on at OSU, um, you made the team. So you started from the bottom, then you made the team and then you became an All-American. And it was pretty cool. Pretty fucking cool, yeah. So like, and I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but like where are you ranked in all-time home runs at OSU? So I, my junior season, I tied the single season home run record the year I graduated after I left. All right. I have to, uh, I have to add this. Pretty sure you tied it like halfway through the year and then you didn't hit another home run the entire year. No, I was fucking on it up until like three quarters of the season. I had like, I was one shy of tying it. So tying it was 19. I was at like 17 or 18 for like, four more seasons or series of games where it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, you feel it a little bit of like, well, uh, like you're, you're thinking about it too much. Just like, like fuck off, like relax. You choked. The, I choked. I choked <laughs> until I did it until I did it. And it was in postseason. I hit the tying one and I was just like, fucking shit, man. Like I was, and it was just cause the component of like, you think, who cares? Like it's yes, you want to do this, but you're putting too much pressure on it. Why are, you're making this a bigger thing? And then literally, as soon as I like released that thought, it was just like happened. And I was like, wow, funny how that works. Um, so I tied in my junior year. I'm not sure where I rank overall. I think top five. I want to say, um, but I still it's something I just I always forget about it until NCAA kind of posts it every year they just do it where I still hold a D1 record for home runs in most consecutive games so I always forget I have like a D1 record I hit like a home seven it was seven games in a row yeah same thing 
yeah. one fucking game away from doing it. Uh, but I, I always forget about that until like in CAA, like they'll post it on something and then like everybody, like a lot of people reposted it this year and I was like, that's so cute. Oh, thanks. Like I do forget honestly about that. Um, and also like I, I rarely like to brag about myself. Like Seb loves to do it. Seb will bring it up randomly in conversations where no one asked for it. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do skim over a lot of that just because I always it's hard to like brag about yourself a little bit. No, all it is for me. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, yeah. It, it when I really think about it, uh, being at Marshall was I got hurt like like I broke my nose, I fucked up my hand, like I had a lot of issues happen. Also, I didn't like being there. I remember telling you that it was like really toxic. Yeah. Um. And since I already was like visiting you in between like weekends off and everything like that, I was like, I just like transfer Ohio State and give it a shot. Like, why not? Um, I remember the Ohio State coach back in high school, the old one didn't recruit me because she said I was too small. The, the ironic thing is the previous coach said that they wanted more power in their lineup. Um, and which is a really funny turnaround, which I was just like, this is great. Um which I did get that a lot. I got that from a lot of like bigger schools that were like watching me for a while. And then they were like, well, we just want more power in our lineup. Like you're fast, but we'd rather have like a slapper if you're fast and got that a lot. Um, so when I transferred, yeah, it was literally a walk-on situation where I went, I tried out, they had me. I kind of was like on the, you were just like, oh, you're going to be a pinch runner or somebody who just picks up and runs for people whenever we need somebody fast. And the amount of work I put in to be like recognized and considered for like a starting was just like constant hours of like, not just like doing the bare minimum, like always being there late, always going for extra reps and stuff like that. And it really does, it, it paid off a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm someone now, especially, I, I feel like it's really difficult to, I guess like you, you mentioned like grit and I, I don't really know if I like the word grit so much because I feel like there's like this weird underlying like connotation that comes with the word grit. I don't know. It just feels a little bit weird. Yeah. But like there's something about like having to go through like really, really difficult times where like you expose yourself to the potential for failure or if you have to work really long hours, or you have a really shitty job that just like you get paid nothing and then you get treated like shit. Like there's something about like, obviously in the moment, it's not super fun to fail or get treated poorly or make very little money, but you learn like a lot of life lessons through going through things. Yeah. And like for you, I do remember being there and like you really questioning a lot of those things at the moment and or in the moment. And, um, like even just you giving up a scholarship at Marshall to transfer to Ohio State and be a walk-on, like that was a massive failure moment. Like there was no guarantee that you were going to get a, a scholarship at OSU. Like you basically right. had money to try and do this. Um, yeah. There's a pretty high chance that you were not going to actually get to that point. Um, but I mean, you worked really fucking hard back then. And I do remember a lot of that. And I think that, it's probably not one-to-one -one correlated with like your ability now to like work really hard 
and subject yourself to potentially failing or taking risks on yourself or doing those things. But I definitely think that whenever you're younger, if you're subjected to difficult times or put in the yeah. in the position to potentially fail at things, I think that opens you up to a greater possibility as an adult to try and to yep. put yourself in like different scenarios to take a risk on yourself because you've been there before and you've realized, okay, like the world isn't going to end if I do fail at something or yeah. if I'm not that good at this, or if this doesn't turn out the way that I'm hoping for, like, it's okay because you can just move past that. Like the world goes on. But I think a lot of yeah. people that are kind of like insulated whenever they're younger and like, they're scared to take risks and scared to do things. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, whenever they grow up, they're also scared to do things. They're scared to take risks because whenever they were younger, like they were never allowed to experience failure or the potential for failure. So they don't know what it's like to move on from that. Yeah. To be able to like move past a, a failure point and be like, all right, like this is okay. The world's not going to end. Yeah. And I think specifically I'm in a sport where you fail 70% of the time and you're good. If you fail 70% of the time, you're doing great. Like yeah. that's like great statistics and in hindsight, but like you learn that you're going, you are inevitably going to have moments where you do fail in that. And then, yeah, you learn like, oh, okay, cool. I move on. I learn. I do something different. Like you, yeah, put it, be you put in that situation is not, you realize the world isn't going to crumble around you or that you are not a failure even if you fail. Yeah. And yeah. I think that it's really important to learn. But after that, after you did your thing in softball, um, I, so where was the next stage in life, right? So like, obviously after softball, um, you had to move on. You didn't turn pro because being pro in softball is a little bit I had the pro. I had the opportunity. Yeah. And, and like hindsight, would it have been fun? Yeah. But you also like, unless you are an Olympian, like top, like you're, you're not, you're going to get paid a couple thousand dollars for the summer. And I remember afterwards, I was like, that sounds like fun, but also my body fucking hurts. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't think I can even do it a couple of months after that point. And I thought I wish I would have just to say I was a pro. Um, but yeah, you don't really have the opportunity in a lot of other sports. Yeah. Uh, females in particular, which suck. Um, so you were asking like what my next steps were. Yeah. What did you do after you graduated, after you finished up with softball? Like what were... What were the next career paths or life paths for you? Um, thought I was supposed to go into like a basic <laughs> nine to five, like what everyone tells you. That lasted what, like eight months? Hated it. For also like $35,000, like dirt money for a job that in marketing specifically that I hated. I remember like coming home and I was like, the concept of having to go to work tomorrow. It was like, I was dreading as soon as I got home, having to go to work the next day. And I feel like generations above us would have just been like, oh, push through. Like you have to pay your dues. You have to do this. You have to do that. And I remember I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I don't want to wish my life away, even at a young age to get paid next to nothing to not like my environment, like, and, uh, cause yeah, I went into marketing specifically. I did what I thought I was supposed to do, which also could tie into a lot of, I feel like you and I doing what we think we're supposed to do for next steps. Yeah. Uh, um, 
to learn that it was not for me. Um, and in reality, like, because I had had a background in athletics and also having a background just like with being with you, learning a lot from a training perspective, I always make a joke that I got like a free internship of being in a relationship with you essentially, because it was like able to learn a lot from a programming, but also just like an overall like education perspective of, of the area and industry. Um, but I tried a bunch of fucking different things because I didn't know just like a young kid who has no fucking idea what they want to do with their life. Um, I, I did baking also professionally for oh, good how many months? About a year. It was a year, wasn't it? A year, about a year and a half about, I would say, doing my own stuff as well as like working for someone, I would say a year and a half. It's so funny. Like even just thinking about that, like how random. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I did marketing. I'm, like, a health coach now, and I also did baking, by the way. It just sounds so random, but... A lot of people forget or know that I... I, I love it, and, like, and I... That was one of those things where I remember one day, I was just like, well, I enjoy baking. Let's just, like... I'm gonna just bake three-tier cakes for the fuck of it. And I would just let them sit around the house, by the way. They, like, kind of got passed around to people, but we would also just eat large cakes. The fact that we were not more fat is amazing, but I would just literally bake cakes and be like, here you go. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, um, it was like, yeah. my birthday, and there's like this three tier cake that you made for my birthday. Like what? Why? Snickers cake. It was like a candy bar Snickers cake specifically. And literally, I don't think it went anywhere besides just stayed in the house and like we ate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I baked professionally. I did like i said i did cakes i did cookies i did cheesecakes i did a lot of that and it was fun but also simultaneously like you realize a hobby necessarily isn't what i wanted to do full-time and also the pay was not great um and while while pay is not everything you realize it it, it does 100 percent matter the the level of what you're putting into something like you have to see some type of rewards to live and be fulfilled to and so that was also something where i was like well this isn't for me either uh we were also and then pretty fucking poor we were very poor yeah this is maybe very important to say that like alex and i were married for a bit so yeah we kind of glossed over that but we can we can move on from that point um but yeah i mean we were super fucking poor back then so i think that put a lot of pressure on both of us to potentially make decisions that were a little bit more like short-sighted um because we needed like we needed money like we had to live somehow um and it's not like we had expensive lives but like we just we were fucking poor like basic necessities were difficult for us and i think like it it is really funny to look at like now because i would say now we both live like pretty comfortable lives we have like good job setups and everything like that but it was like I remember going to the grocery store and being like, mm, do we have enough to buy? Especially when you were like being in prep at one point for you and just like, it was like stuff. We couldn't really do a lot. Um, I was distinctly having a memory of a couple of friends when I went to the refectory, oh. that that restaurant in Bethel. And I, they were like, have you been there before? And I was like, yeah, Bryce and I went like in college and had no fucking idea the price point of it. And I remember we both walked in, sat at the menu, and were like, the fuck are we going to pay for this? Like, I remember we were like, well, we're here. Like, uh, but 
just things like that that you really don't we yeah it was we 100 percent we were very poor but i mean part of that too is because we did make a lot of like short-sighted decisions like we didn't really have the ability to think too hard or to like worry about the consequences of the decisions we were making we were just like okay like we realized that we have to do something so we're just gonna do it so like for me even with like starting my own business back then there was no business it was literally just me trying to like figure my shit out and do something like i didn't have the ability to be like oh well what if this fails and it was like well i need to do something to make money so i'm just gonna do something and uh like even with you with like the baking it was just like okay well this is potentially something that might work out but we don't know how it's going to work but i'm going to give it a shot and i think that like in a lot of ways like that it continued to kind of like trickle upwards for both of us where again we're just like not super afraid to take risks on different things because of the position that we were in before where it's like dude whenever you have no money like things aren't as scary anymore because like what's the downside of giving this thing a chance like what you bail at it and you make even less money it's like all right whatever i'm not making any money anyway so it's not a big deal right fine uh, we'll give it a shot and see if i like it or if it does turn out something because if not like like we kind of have to like especially like when i was working at marketing that was when you were unemployed like you were, were able to really have a job at that time from your non-compete you were having to just like do basic under like audit odds and ends things just to be able to like have something and then when I quit my, my job, it was kind of like a flip where then I was having to figure out just doing basic odds and ends things to be able to like show up in some way, shape or form. But yeah, and you're kind of just like, well, we have to give it a shot because if not, we're just going to continue to be in this like failed situation or not failed, but just kind of like here. Like we have to keep trying to like go up in some way because we're already here. Yeah. So. And I mean, there's even one point where like, I know it became kind of like a contentious thing for us because like I was working a lot at one point where like my online stuff started to get pretty busy and I had like no systems in place because I wasn't really ever expecting to get super busy. So it just became this like attack of effort and time that I was putting into trying to like take on more clients, make more money. And I had no real thought process beyond like, okay, well, let me just get more clients because we need more money. And it was really like a desperation thing. I think for both of us, like we were like, okay, well, we know that this needs to happen in some way, but like, we can't really pump the brakes on it because we need to live. Like we need to make more money. We need a little bit more. Right. Um, and that was like, I mean, how, how old were we back then? I mean, which part? 25, 26. Young. No. Yeah. Uh, whenever you, your business started kind of like taking off. That would have been what, like 2017, 2018? Maybe, maybe I was like 23, 24, maybe 24. Yeah. So maybe you were like 25, 26, maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I just remember like not long after that, we you won a house and moved, moved that was the house. house. So like there were a lot of like outside stressors too that were kind of starting to close in on us to where it's like, okay, we know that there are all these things that like we need to be doing as adults, but... At that time, that was whenever you were unemployed, right? Or were you still working for Sam? I might have been working for Sam and Monster. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was around the time that like I started getting insanely busy with work. And I didn't have anywhere to put all of 
all of the clients that were coming in, I had no more time or energy or effort to be able to throw on top of what I needed to be doing. So I was just perfectly yeah. like underslept. I was overstressed. Like all of these things were just yeah. like compounding on one another. And it was like really, really straining our relationship to a pretty severe degree. And I, I mean, I remember there was one point where we kind of had like this weird last ditch effort, like, okay, well maybe like you can work for me. Like maybe that will work. Like maybe you can. I'm sorry, not a great idea, but yeah. yes, it was like, and this is also an element that I had struggled with a lot from a codependency perspective of like, how do I make his life easier? Like, how do I, like, instead of like prioritizing elements of that, like I could contribute in other ways, it was like, how do I make his life easier? He's overflowing. He's working so much. Maybe I can help on some of these areas to be able to, to just be able to contribute and take pressure off of you. Yeah. And at that time it was almost the opposite effect for me because I felt like everything was closing in on me. Yep. And I could only focus on like what was right in front of my face at the moment. And it was so hard yeah. for me to like, even think about you because I was waking up so early. I was going to bed so late. Like I literally was thinking about work all day, every day about how yeah. I was my head above water, like literally like just getting to the next day. Like that's all I was able to do every single day with work was like, just get to the next day, just get to the next day. It was just continuously kicking the can down the road. And that really like blinded me to a lot of the things that were going on with you at the time with like your own, like kind of depression and anxiety and kind of feeling lost. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but kind of feeling lost with your career path and like what you wanted to be doing. And in retrospect, it's so easy for me to see, right? But in the moment, like I was just so closed off. Like I literally would just close my office doors and like not worry about anything else. And like, yeah, it, I think it was just because I was so overworked and overstressed. Um, I wasn't able to think about anything beyond like my single tunnel vision. That yeah. Um, uh, because like, if I thought about anything other than me, it's like, well, I'm, it's all going to collapse. Like everything's going to collapse. If I just divert my energy or, or attention, even like 1% away from what I need to be doing right now. Yeah. And in, in that moment, it was like a very scary thing to think about like, okay, like what if this doesn't continue? Like, what if this is all just like this weird fluke? What if next month I wake up and like, I have no online business anymore. We have no more money. And then like, yeah. what do we do then? Right. So it, it was like a very like confusing time for me but again like i think that that really blinded me to a lot of things that were going on with you at the time and like i don't know maybe you just want to talk about like what all you were experiencing on your end because i don't know if we've ever really had too much of this conversation before to be honest no oh and like thinking also of who i am as just a human being throughout like my young adult life like i was always a happy person yeah. um I feel like I never really struggled with anxiety or depression ever in my like life up until probably right before we had moved into the house. So around maybe 2019, because even before we had moved into the house, you would work for a really long period. That's kind of when everything started taking off. But you'd go into our condo basement, which was also like dark. Like I remember it was literally just the corner of this like half finished basement with like no windows, no light. 
you like you would just be down there for really long periods of time and i was always like really worried for you because i feel like that wasn't good um but regardless at you even though you may disagree with in hindsight it felt like you had your purpose it felt like you knew and you're really good at it you're really educated really intelligent with what you do back then as well but like it felt like where you were was where you were supposed to be which maybe you would say you'd struggled i know with that aspect but that's what it looked like from the outside so to have your partner be so supposed to where they're where they're supposed to be invested in it very passionate about it intelligent love what they do and then i was like i have no fucking idea where i'm supposed to be in this world i have no idea i don't really find passion in anything from a work perspective i don't love doing anything and i was really struggling with my own independence because i was very dependent on you financially and that was something i never wanted to be i never wanted to be someone who was like no shame to anybody who is like a, a stay-at-home mom or it d doesn't have a job like that that's a different thing but like for me that's not what I wanted I knew that I wasn't going to make me happy and so the fact that I couldn't find what I wanted to do while also what I only had options to doing were working like part-time like baking was $11 an hour which in is that even minimum that's right above minimum wage um but essentially it wasn't full-time hours regardless then also working for monster which i also did that uh which was again a part-time situation for 20 dollars an hour you don't enjoy what you're doing but you're also vastly not making any money which whatsoever to contribute in any way while i'm watching you like drowned so busy but also feeling like it just was a very uh, yeah i was extremely depressed and i didn't know how to communicate being depressed because i didn't even know what that was yeah um while also feeling like if i was to vocalize it i would be very burdensome and like sharing that because you were so busy um and yeah the anxiety was just kind of like what should i do next what can i do how can i do this while also feeling like there is no path for me there is no way to go. I can't find it. And then just like constantly struggling this like depressed, anxious state, which because that's not really who I am, like I had never had struggled with that before. I wasn't able to, I feel like be authentic to myself and show up how I normally would have also. Yeah. And, and I don't think you honestly knew I was depressed or anxious. No, I, I, I actually didn't. Um, but I think part of like, that's partly my fault too. I mean, obviously like our communication really started breaking down. Um, and this was, I, I think we could probably put like a, a time stamp on this around 2019. Um, cause we, we bought a house together in 2019, summer of 2019. And I mean, things were starting to go South already before then. Um, just, I feel like with me starting to get so busy with work, um, and then you kind of being in that position of unknown with, with work. And then also kind of like that purpose, um, like post softball, I feel like you really were grasping for like trying to find a purpose mm -hmm. and it was really difficult for you. And back then I felt like I knew like the trajectory I wanted to be on. Um, and I felt like kind of to echo what you were saying that whenever I started getting busy and I started like um, bringing on a lot of clients and 
I guess, expanding my role, like in this world, I, I felt like I was getting closer, like what I was supposed to be doing later on, it definitely started to break down, but you know, around the summer of 2019, whenever we moved in the house, I want to say that like, after that point, things started really accelerating, like our, our fracturing. And I started really like isolating myself a lot more. We started being yeah. less and less. Um, I feel like around then too, we were also partying a lot. Um, I, I feel like we were kind of using that almost as like, uh, an olive branch way of like keeping ourselves together. That was like the last ditch effort for us to like have something that was holding our relationship there that we could kind of like find that passion again. Um, but it wasn't really like natural yeah. at that point. And I would also say from like, uh, I think another thing too that like differs, I feel like from us and like, I feel like other relationships that end is I feel like from a physical perspective, we were always really connected. Like physically, that was never something that like, I feel like we struggled with ever. And so that's usually the opposite for a lot of people. And I also think that was something that we like were holding on to unnecessarily as well, if that if that makes sense or if you would agree or disagree. No, I, I actually, I would definitely agree. Um, I feel like it's almost weird too, because like emotionally, I feel like we, we latched onto each other really, really hard for a really long period of, of time whenever we were younger. And then I think it was very difficult for us to both admit to e each other that we started to grow apart emotionally as we started getting mm -hmm. older. Um, and I, I don't think that there was really anything that we could have done to prevent that. But mm -hmm. I feel like obviously the communication aspect really, really started breaking down. Um, we also didn't have really good foundations in reality. Like, yeah. For people who don't know, we were married before, but we also like started dating at like 14 and 15. Yeah. Like and, really, really young. And with that too, I think that we brought a lot of like immature habits into our marriage and into our like adult relationship mm -hmm. that were kind of allowed to fester whenever we were 15, 16 years old. And um, they just never were broken because- mm -hmm. We had been together for so long and we'd become so comfortable with one another that a lot of the ways, especially like the negative or like toxic ways that we acted towards each other had just become normalized in the relationship. Um, especially like, I mean, I can obviously think of a few ways towards like me towards you, well, uh, even like you mentioned the codependency aspect where like, I feel like back then you were definitely really codependent on me. And I, I know that I felt a lot of pressure from that um I, I don't think it was necessarily like valid for me to feel that way because i have always known like you still are like someone who is capable of being super independent and i i don't think that i ever really like allowed that to flourish or happen because i think like deep down inside of me like as much as the pressure it did put on me that you were dependent on me i think that i kind of secretly liked having someone to depend on me like I, that, it gave me a little bit yeah. more nervous like made me feel more in charge and like in control of not only just like like the business and like financial side but also like in terms of the relationship like I felt more in control of the relationship and that put me almost like in a position of power in that relationship which I abused for sure mm -hmm. and but yeah it just in retrospect, obviously, it's like really easy for me to say that. And I think that both of us are very different now than we used to be. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, 2019 is w- really when everything started to kind of like fall apart. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say it was like that fall whenever we really, really started like moving away from one another? Yeah, because I, I was actually just having this conversation with Sev about how a lot of times because there were so many cracks in the foundation for a really long time in reality because it wasn't just like 2019 started to go downhill and that's when it started in reality if you look back at our like whole relationship there were a lot of like this for sure and i i was just telling seb about how it's really afraid to be having a really good moment with you because it almost always felt like there was going to be a downfall and like I would say before we moved into the house, there was a point where I felt like things were going decent with us. Not like we were like coping from a partying perspective, but I look at like we I felt like we were having a lot of fun. Like I feel like we were enjoying each other's company up until like the move, if that makes sense. Um, move was also very stressful. It was like the whole that move was just like between that the electric getting cut off uh, at a different was- time, like. I remember so that. much shit um so we were doing like remodels to it and so like just a lot of a lot of money that a lot of chaos um so like literally i feel like right before then i felt like we were enjoying each other's company a lot and then like it's which was a really high and then it just started to go down yeah like after we bought the house and like i would say yeah spring going into fall or excuse me summer going into fall of 2019 for sure um is when I feel like we were starting to distance ourselves from one another. You in particular, like you, you would just go into your office and like close the door. It would be like, I woke up to go to work. You were already there. I'd come home from work. You were still there. Um, and like, yeah, that, that, that time frame is when it kind of started for us. We didn't really know how to communicate in general anyway, but it was really apparent that we did not know how to articulate what we were going through and or visibly see what the other person was going through or like how to be there for one another at that yeah and i i think part of it on my end too was like i never really felt like this pressure to to like be any different or like show up for you because i knew back then that you were so dependent on me like in my head it was like well she's never gonna leave anyway so it's not a big deal like i can just i enabled a, a, a lot in hindsight like a, a, you like I enabled a lot of behavior from that exact reason of like, well, she's not going anywhere type of thing. Yeah. And I mean, in a lot of ways too, I, I'm thankful that sounds so shitty. I'm thankful that like things ended up being the way that they did because I don't think that I ever would have changed if you and I would have stayed together in that relationship. I think that I would have continued being the same person and it's never been like this impetus for me to actually like try and be a different person or try and be better or try and evaluate the way that I was acting. Um, because I don't think without there being this massive thing that blew up our relationship, I don't think that there would have ever been a scenario where things would have gotten slowly bad enough to where, and maybe you can correct me, but like, I don't think that there would have ever been a point where you'd have just been like, all right, I'm done with this. I think that, you back then would have just kind of allowed things to like slowly get worse and decay and just 
would have put up with me. But obviously you can say that I'm bullshitting, but um, that's kind of how I felt. And I, like I said, I yeah. don't think there was any like real pressure for me to be like a different or better partner because you were dependent on me in a lot of ways. And I knew that. Yeah, I think it was very much so. I, I like to say it was almost like, was there like one definitive thing that kind of like blew everything up? Yeah. Was that the only thing? No, it's honestly like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Like it was co constantly just like cut, cut, nick, nick, something, something. And I think that I didn't know even remotely how to leave you because I did not. That's when I really struggled with my own self-worth a lot because of a lot of things that had transpired between you and I, I didn't think that I was like deserving of anything better. Like there was, there was plenty of times where I thought that how this was supposed to happen was what I deserved. And so like, I couldn't even fathom leaving or another alternative because I genuinely did not remotely see how that was possible. I, I couldn't imagine a future without you because of just the codependent nature of our whole life being with one another while simultaneously feeling like there wasn't going to be anything better, that this was just what I was meant to have. Like my self-worth was really, really, really low for a really long time on top of like coupling with the depression aspect of everything. But like that's it just felt like what I deserved, which sucks, like hearing myself say that now. But that's that's kind of that's what I had thought. And so to me, I was like, maybe one day he'll change. Maybe if I that was also another thing is I thought, well, maybe if I am better at X, Y, or Z, maybe if I compete, I will have like your desire like there were some like I thought about competing at one point in time which like in hindsight is very much not like me that wouldn't be authentic to who <laughs> I am um but it was constantly like how do I alter myself to fit him because I I, I could not visibly see anything different and like you you said that it, it's hard for you to even say like your self-worth was like that low but like it's hard for me to even hear that you know and i know that like i know because we've had these conversations before like after the fact i mean even i guess like going through it we were really trying to figure out like what we were supposed to be doing um part of this too is we had so much baggage in our relationship if mm -hmm. if we had been together for like two years and you know, I cheated on you. It would have been so much easier for both of us to just be like, all right, I guess this is over. But like, it felt like our lives were so intertwined and so connected. It, it wasn't that easy to just be like, okay, yeah, we're done. It felt like we had to unravel our lives to be able to move on independently. And Perfect, that, yeah. that was like so hard for, I know like both of us speaking from my perspective, it was hard for me. Um, like a lot of my identity was based around you as well and based around our life um and just looking back on a lot of the ways that i acted to i feel like there was a part of me that like kind of wanted to get caught like i kind of it, to me it was very apparent like especially towards the end of yeah. like it was like you were looking for a way out because again we did not know how to communicate so 
with one another and also simultaneously be terrified of what we, if we could even articulate what we were feeling. To me, it was like you definitely, like, not even definitely, you wanted to get caught in a lot of ways. And to me, that's what on my end is what was visible anyway. And I, I think part of that is just like, it was uh, an overwhelming like recklessness that I was living with back then. Um, and I mean, that definitely extended even beyond us initially separating at the beginning of 2020. Like I got to a point of being like incredibly reckless in my You're life. very manic, yeah. It was yeah. very like, well, I mean, that's that's definitely a contributing factor to like the way that I was acting. And that's something that I, I didn't realize as much back then, but I definitely do now is like I have these pretty severe like manic episodes that are brought on by like stress and lack of sleep. And back then was like the peak of stress and lack of sleep for me. So I just was in this like perpetual mania and not really thinking clearly. Um, I was severely lacking any kind of empathetic response. Um, I remember having a conversation with a friend back then and I literally was like, I think I might be like a sociopath because I don't feel empathetic about like hurting you. Or I didn't back then. Like, like I knew that I was hurting you, but I was like, I don't feel anything right now. And that was like just such a weird time. I like for both of us, I know it was just such a strange time. Um, and even looking back on it, it feels like it's not even real. It almost feels like, like it's a separate lifetime. Different. Yeah. And it really does. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there are a lot of things I feel like we could probably continue to talk about with that, but, um, like moving beyond the initial separation. So like we, I, I cheated on you and I mean, it was clear it was not the only time, but it was like the, the biggest blow up point. Yeah. 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 And that was at the beginning of 2020 and then we separated, um, and that was right before COVID. So you were living in the house that we just bought. I moved into an apartment that Chris basically allowed me to live in. And I was living there mm -hmm. myself. Um, but even for like months after that, like we still didn't know what we were doing. We were like in this weird limbo position where we felt very like, like tied to one another, like soulmate -y type of thing. And like, I was very convinced for a long time, even after that, I was like, well, Alex is obviously my soulmate. Like we're supposed to be together. Like we're going to end up together. Um, and it was like this weird, weird thing that like I'd convinced myself of in my head. And it took a really long time for me to like break away from that thought process too. But, um, but eventually like we slowly started separating from one another, like emotionally, we started mm -hmm. seeing other people. Um, but like the, the whole process of separation was like incredibly fucking challenging, incredibly challenging. Um, and it was incredibly unhealthy too like we we did everything like the worst possible way up until the point where we actually got divorced like right we got divorced a year and a half after we separated so like there i guess we can probably go back to like the six months before we actually separated so like two years basically we did things really really poorly um and it was incredibly toxic not even just ourselves but also everyone around us yeah because that's also a thing is since we grew up together, since we moved to Columbus together, the friendships we built were my friends were your friends, your friends were my friends. Everybody was everybody's friends. And so like the pressure that was put on other people as well of just kind of being like, okay, what do we, how do we, what do we do? How do we navigate? Like, 
yeah, it was, and also besides the component of it, even just being like toxic of how we handle things, it was also just like so incredibly emotionally draining. Yeah. Like to sit down and look at like a disillusion document. I know for me, every time I went to do that, it was just like a fuck, I don't want to do this. Like, this is exhausting. This is going to take so much emotional bandwidth. Like, I don't want any part of this. And like, it was also, it was just, yeah, like you said, for the month after the separation, it was also kind of like this weird limbo of like, what are we doing? What's the right thing? Are we supposed to be together? Are we not? Is this going to be like something that changes and it's going to be better after this? And it's like, it, it wasn't. And we could also clearly see, I feel like for me, even if there was a moment where I would think that, there was an immediate moment of like, no, this can't be. But it was just, we didn't know how to like make one definitive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very not, we did not handle things well. Yeah. It, it, not really. It was just like, yeah, it was very awkward, um, very uncomfortable for a lot of different reasons. But I mean, even just like a pretty good encapsulation of this is, I remember being at Bluestones so and we were seeing a concert. And oh my God, yeah, the, the I, very first. I was on one side of the venue. You were on the other side of the venue because we weren't talking to each other. And this was like pretty, pretty, close in proximity to like us actually separating so like this wasn't too far like too long after that um, yeah we so were like still very fresh but i remember us being on opposite sides of this venue and our friends were having to walk between us and like communicate and say hi and like hang out because we weren't going any nearer than like this hundred foot gap between us because we weren't a u-shape and you were yeah. over here and i was over here we, yeah we weren't we weren't talking to each other then and like your close friends like hated me at the time my close friends didn't hate you because it was pretty clear that like I was. I think that my, I think some, I think hate isn't the word. I think yeah. because they were friends with you, I think they were really disappointed. Right. I think they were like, oh, yeah, this like this sucks. Like, why the fuck did this happen? Type of thing. Like, I, no, I don't think anyone at ever point ever hated you. I think that they were really disappointed by you, um, in that singular moment. I should say. Yeah, and I mean. Part of that then for me too was like I I understood that I had been the one that like basically collapsed. The straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Yeah. 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 Like I was the one that made the the ultimate decision that led to the position that we were in there. So like I really like pulled away from everything and like reclused. And it didn't help that that was right around the time that COVID started happening because that made the isolation even worse. But like basically stopped talking to everyone in this friend group i was like you know i'm i'm gone bye guys like i was planning to move away from columbus like i was basically just gonna run away from everything and just be like fuck it i'm not dealing with this shit anymore um but that was that was like such an odd time for me because i was trying to like in my head come to terms with like basically taking ownership of like the decisions that i had made while also in a lot of ways like trying to justify the decisions that I had made that led to that point where I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, you definitely did fuck up. You, you did all this like horrible shit, but you know, she also wasn't doing this for you or like, but you know, you were stressed and you were like overworked and you were underslept and like, she didn't understand and no one else understands. Like I was coming up with all these like justifying excuses for like why I did the things that I did. Um, and like, obviously looking back on this, like that's fucking crazy, but back then it felt it felt like i was able to almost like talk myself around 
having to take full responsibility for the things that I had done. Uh, because there was like this one moment or this one thing that I could latch on to be like, oh, like Alex also fucked up, you know? So that was very weird. It was a very challenging time. Um, and I mean, we did that for fucking months. Like it was months. Yeah. I mean, how long was it before we could ever even like talk to one another public again? Like, uh, it might. I also like, yeah. I mean, also again, because public, we you couldn't go out in public for a while anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a while, and like we would have text conversations. Um, and there was a period where we like did therapy to kind of like see, which was also extremely like unproductive in reality in hindsight. Um, it was very unproductive. We didn't allow it to be productive. I would say, yeah, it was. It was very much like it, we were going into something to talk about, communicate, but we were not communicating, and it was very like doing the exact same shit we were doing, just like with a third party, and it, like not being able to move forward. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but I do. I do want to touch on that just for a second because I went into that like with no intention of actually. Being I forced you. I forced you yeah. to do it, I, and I like a hundred percent and in hindsight that's that's something i shouldn't have done to me if you didn't want to do that that would have been like a okay then like we don't do it but to me it was like no you're doing this because if there's going to be like an end or whatever then at least we're like for me it was like have a a chance to be able to i was like latching on to again something where you were already like physically checked out and all i did was force you to to come to something checked out yeah it, yeah, I, that that's definitely been a point for me. Even now, like currently in in my relationship, where I always will like look back on how things ended with you and I, and I think like the therapy is like a really easy thing for me to like tangibly look at and be like, I just didn't even try. Like, like I would show up and just be like, I'm not doing this stupid shit. Like, I'm not gonna answer honestly. I'm not going to attempt to communicate. Like, I'm not going to try and find common ground. I'm just going to sit here with my arms crossed and I just bullshit away this hour, right? Um, but now, like, whenever Lex and I get in an argument or whenever we have things that kind of, like, become tenuous, I'm like, okay, am I actually trying in this conversation or am I just, like, trying to outlast her and basically be like, all right, well, you know, now we're done so we can move on. And it it sucks because... Like, I don't like the fact that I'm able to look back at our relationship and be like, oh, yeah, like, I didn't even try that hard to, like, make it work towards the end, you know? Like, I was very mm-hmm. I was very quick to just give up and be like, all right, like, yeah, I'm ready to move on from this. I'm done. I don't want to be doing this anymore. Uh, because it was definitely, like, a big chunk of our lives that was kind of, like, hanging in the balance in that moment, right? It's, like, mm-hmm. over half of our lives. And... Mm-hmm. and I was just very quick to be like, yeah, I'm done with this and emotionally back out. And it like, it definitely sucks. And it's definitely something that now, like I, I kind of return to in my head a lot whenever I'm trying to like, think about my current relationship and like how I want to be in my mm-hmm. relationship. And I don't want to be able to like say that I didn't try, you know, like, like God forbid Lex and I don't work at any point. Right. Like if we break up, like any future relationship that I have um doesn't work like I don't want to be able to look back on that relationship and be like yeah you know it didn't work but I also didn't try that hard to make it work like that's yeah. a shitty fucking feeling and 
I can honestly say that like you tried as hard as you could to make our relationship work. So knowing that I was the one who was just like, yeah, you know, fuck it. I don't really care anymore. Like that, it just sucks to be yeah. in that position. It sucks to like be able to look back on that and and feel like like I just kind of gave up, you know? And that, I think I held on to that for a while yeah. from a, because also throughout this, it's it's really hard to not take things personally, clearly as like a relationship and time spent with somebody you've been, like you said, like half of our lives essentially together to not take it personally that you didn't want to try because it felt like I'm not worthy of being tried for. Like I inter- obviously internalized and took things personally a lot that in hindsight, it would have just, you could just be like, well, I, I did what I could and it's not have anything to do with my self-worth or my value or who I am in a relationship. But like at the time, it felt very much like I'm not worth trying for. And then also that simultaneous factor of like, then what was like the last X amount of times, like what was the point of all of it? I struggled with a lot of that. Like, what was the point? What was the point of this? Um, and like, and it it was very much, I I was also forcing you to try. I was forcing a lot of shit down your throat, which in hindsight also isn't healthy. Like, yes, I, I feel like I can 100% say I did give an effort. I did try. But also I was just putting unnecessary shit that had to be present between us and strain that probably we could have been able to move through things faster or not have because the time frame that we worked together that we were separated but we were kind of like talking or figuring things out it was a really like fucked up time like when i really look back and like again i was also not in a healthy state of mind like i i always say that's like wounded alex like i was not in a great spot but there was there was a lot of emotion. I think you knew what you could say to keep me like hanging on. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like you, you could like, you knew what to say to just be like a little bit here, a little bit there. Cause I think you were also simultaneously while you were checked out. I think you were also afraid of not being with me from the comparison of just like the unknown of everything um or maybe it was because deep down you like wanted to maybe make things work but just was like ah, i don't want to right i don't know what that level it is but like you definitely knew what you could say to kind of just keep me hanging around and i also allowed you to say those things to me to keep me around if that makes sense yeah no it it makes sense and you're not wrong um yeah yeah i i think that that was a big part of part of like the personality that I am glad that I've broken and moved away from is I mean I would I would never say that like I was abusive towards you um but like this like the it side- was like a lot of uh, gas there was a lot of gas playing oh, for and sure like, for like sure a very uh, and I like I like hesitate with that because looking back I do think there was emotional abuse but that is such a such a really hard word to say but like in in reality in hindsight looking back at things and as i've replayed scenarios in my head it 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 was like emotionally abusive 
and like the the gaslighting component in particular was was really wild especially during that time frame of like the isolation of not being able to like COVID in and of itself was just it's a really wild time to go through a divorce or a dissolution during COVID when you couldn't do things really but like it was so much of that that kind of just kept me in this spiral of like like I remember times where we would have a fight on a phone because I was angry with something. You would say something really aggressive or really rat, like it really intense that would make me like hang up on the phone. And then you would like call me to apologize right after and like say something really, really sweet that was like this like constant cycle of like turmoil for me, essentially. And uh, like I definitely understand that, and I agree with what you're saying. Like I, I, I guess the way the reason why I was a little bit hesitant to say like psychologically or emotionally abusive was, like I I honestly don't know if it was something like I was doing intentionally back then. Like, I right, right. A lot of the reason and a lot of the reasons behind the way I was acting was because like I was truly scared of like losing you, and I was scared of like being alone, and I knew that like I could say things and I could do things that would like keep you around and there were also definitely like large aspects of me that still like wanted us to be together and like wanted us to be able to make things work and like had convinced myself that like things were going to work um and like I I, I definitely see like your perspective and I, I agree with you on a lot of those things like the which also like and like the lot yeah. was insane um i i also like was not blameless by the way like in this type of conversations like very much also acknowledging that i'm i was not blameless right um but yeah i i remember i remember vividly the one time you we were walking on ohio state's campus like later and you had told me when you tell a hundred lies one bound to get caught like you had said that to me and i remember i was like yeah. Yeah. Well, that was something that was a huge problem for me back then was that I knew that I could lie to you and I knew that you wanted to believe me so that you could, you would convince yourself that I was telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that would always be like my get out of jail free card was the fact that you so desperately wanted to believe me that even if you knew deep down that I was lying, you would convince yourself at least momentarily to believe me so that mm -hmm. you so that you wouldn't have to actually like face the fact that I was lying about it right and a lot of times too like whenever we would argue I would just outlast you and yeah and I would just keep things going and I would just keep escalating the argument until you basically would give up and then that would be done and then it'd be like all right like now I've I got my way mm -hmm. um but I think that like that precedent had been set for so long and like I had just continued to get away with acting like that for so long that I just had normalized it in my brain, which is again, it's like so fucked up and it's hard for me to even like talk about this shit because like that's not who I want to be. And right. I think that's also why for a while I wanted to believe you is because like I also know you or like knew you as a human being to know that like I knew that you are not a vindictive person I knew that you were not like malicious that you were I think I was always like 
wanting you to be the version of you that I knew you could be that I was like maybe if I just do this or maybe if we do this like she'll start to like work through this like I knew all those things about you that whenever you would like say things I wanted to believe you because I felt like that was the version that I was like knew you could be if that makes sense yeah I mean I know that you and I had talked a lot about like especially whenever we were trying to figure out how to separate how to move on from one another and we were like having a lot of difficulty doing that i know that we'd had a lot of conversations about like well it sucks that we're gonna separate and we're gonna divorce and then like the next person is going to get like the actual improved ver like the improved version of, of right us, right um and i mean i i think that it was almost said but back then like in jest like like oh like that's gonna be something like it just makes this process easier to get through we can like joke about this um but it obviously was reality like neither one of us was going to ever have motivation to be better whenever we were in that relationship because we had just become so comfortable in being who we were and like the flaws that that we had already like cultivated in our personalities yeah. uh, and i think that like us being together really brought out like a lot of the the bad sides of who we were rather right. than allowing the good things to flourish um and like, it was true that like both of us needed separation. Like we needed to be on our own. We needed to be independent. We needed to like go through some shit without the other one there to be able to figure out like who the fuck we actually were. Because I don't think either one of us knew who we were, who we were independently. No, because I'm, we were always with each other. Like, like that's something I remember so vividly. Like we literally did everything together. Like we were basically one person. Um, and it's it's strange to think about now because like I even though I'm with Lex you're with Seb like I definitely have much more of like an independence to me about mm -hmm. my decision making and like how I do stuff um but back then it felt very much like there was no Bryce or Alex it was Bryce and Alex yeah and like that's just such a weird again that's why it feels like a separate lifetime ago like it feels like whenever we were together was a different life I think part of the reason why it feels like that is because we were we were different people like we like we were not anything like how we are now and no. and it it it's just very strange to like try and put myself in 2019 Bryce's shoes because i can't really relate to to who i was back then right and it's it's just like a very i don't know like out of body experience in more than one way to try and remember all the things that happened and part of it too is like i feel like i don't know if this is the same with you i have really tried to repress like a lot of the shitty things that happened in 2019 and 2020. Um, mm -hmm. there were a lot of like really shitty things that happened with us also like life in general, like COVID was not the easiest shit in the world to go through. And it, uh, both of us had some like other stuff that we were trying to, to figure out on our own there. Like I know I had some like drug stuff that I was trying to, to deal with. Um, and I know that you mentioned, you know, like you were trying to deal with like the self-worth stuff and, uh, I mean, you, I don't know if you want to talk about this just briefly, but like the, the acne stuff, oh. I mean, it, it seems like just saying it like that, saying it like that doesn't fully encapsulate like how big this was like in your life and even in our relationship. Um, Honestly, with like the, with like the constant infidelity that like we, you and I had experienced, like not like constant as in like so much, but more, more so just like the little increments throughout our relationship were like the known infidelity has like obviously an impact on just like you feel like me feeling 
that you did not want me, you did not desire me, you did not find me attractive, like all of those things that you like tell yourself, even though in reality, like we know most of the time infidelity has nothing really, to, it can have to do with the other person, but not in the level in which you internalize things. Um, so with all of that happening, simultaneously, I came off birth control. Funny enough, because you and I had talked about having a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Whole different thing in in hindsight. Um, elements because I I remember that conversation of me coming out control when you and I genuinely thought we were going to try to have a kid, and then I think you and I also both were just kind of like to have one, but that was the reason I came off of birth control. Yeah. Um, and with coming off of birth control. Um, I developed like really severe cystic acne, um, like really severe, like all along my face here, up along my head, but it was just kind of like a constant thing. And what a lot of people don't realize about cystic acne on top of like not looking, you not feel like you look your best. It's also incredibly painful to like smile, to, to do basic things with your face. It feels like your face is constantly inflamed. So you're in a lot of pain and you also f do not feel attractive. You feel very down on yourself. And it was having like such an impact on me that I just felt disgusting. I felt like gross. I did not feel beautiful. I didn't feel any of these things. And uh, you were also never someone who made me feel like my skin was a problem. Like I want to like also make that clear that you were never like, wow, your skin looks bad or like anything like that. I would say that you were just trying to help me navigate through it as best as you could. But when you see your partner always down on themselves, always just like feeling like shit about how they look constantly, it can like take a toll on you because all you want to do is not have me feel that way. But there's nothing you could have done. Even if you had never like had cheated on me, I was oh, I was still going to struggle with that in my own way but on top of like the infidelity I felt like I looked horrible like I felt like just like really really low on myself which was also the time when I was struggling with like depression and, and everything like that um that sucked yeah and I still struggled with it after our separation and in, in like Sebs and I relationship, like I still struggle with it, struggled in the beginning a lot with having to like unpack a lot of that. But that was um on top that was just my insecurity and self-worth was just so incredibly low for from a combination of things. But that in particular was like rough. Yeah, no, that was a really, really challenging point in the relationship. And I mean, when did that start? That that would have been like 2018. Was it 2018? It might have been the, like, yeah, it might have, or my, or it might have been the start of, like, 2019. It was either the start of 2019 or the start of 2018. I remember it came off, like, in January. Like, I remember it was, like, a January thing, but I don't remember if it was, I had to have been 19, because I didn't come off, we got married at the end of 2017, and I didn't come off right away, so it had to have been the start of 20. Yeah, no, I, I, I just remember that at first it manifested itself and you getting jacked and strong as fuck 
and lean. And then people thought I was on steroids. People thought I was on gear. Yeah. 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 And then later on that kind of, well, I mean the, the muscularity and like the, the symptoms that were more androgenic didn't, well, I guess the anabolic symptoms didn't really go away, but like the androgenic symptoms started to like come out a lot more where you had the cystic acne. And I mean, even whenever we were in high school, like you had a little bit of acne, but it was never that bad. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, as like a, a 25 year old, you had like, like you said, really, really severe acne. And from my perspective, like it, it didn't change anything. Like it didn't change like how I viewed you or it didn't change like how I was attracted to you. But I, I definitely was being impacted by like how I was unable to help you in that moment. And like, I knew, I knew how uncomfortable you were. I knew how, how much pain you were in from all the happening. And I knew how down on yourself you were that it felt like nothing was working and nothing was like actually helping. And it's like that, that was a really challenging time for both of us, obviously, but you know, just my perspective, obviously it, the position I was in was clearly way easier. Like it clearly was, was not nearly as bad as the one you were in. Um, but it was still, I mean, it was challenging, I think, on our relationship. Like, it definitely put a, a lot of pressure and stress on the relationship because of everything that that you were feeling in that moment and everything that you were having to deal with. And, um, yeah, like, I, I don't necessarily think that that was, like, any kind of, like, I don't know, any kind of, like, spark for anything to, to really go down. Like, hill. catalyst? Yeah, I don't think it was a catalyst necessarily, but I... I it was definitely an accelerant, you know, with how you were getting further and further down on yourself and you were having lower and lower self-worth because of what was going on there. Um, and then also that combined with the fact that like the actions I was taking outside, um, it was continuing to kind of like drive us apart and you were becoming depressed because of all the other things that were going on, but obviously also like the acne issues. Um, and I was becoming more and more isolated from the relationship because I felt like I also couldn't help you in anything that you were feeling and dealing with. And I mean, that was, yeah, it, it's so, again, it feels so innocuous to say like, oh, acne was like, you know, this big driver of potentially a reason why like our relationship just like started to go downhill or be, um, you know, more in flux, but because of like the severity of it and because of how it impacted you, like it, it was definitely like a pretty big deal in the relationship. Yeah, and I would say because of that, I was relying so heavily on you for my worth. Like, I was relying so heavily on you to, like, like the way I was viewing myself from a beauty perspective was, like, my partner should make me feel this way. My partner should help me feel beautiful. Like, those things when in reality that's, like, not your responsibility. That's not your like obviously like there's certain actions that can aid in certain components but like that's not your responsibility when i'm dealing with that um but yeah it, it but it also was making me not like myself not not dislike myself but more i was not acting like who i normally would be as i'm a, normally a pretty confident individual whether that be from a physical perspective or just in general like I'm outgoing, like I'm all of these things. And because of it, I was like isolating myself. I didn't want to be out in public. I didn't want to like do anything or 
go out on date nights or it was always like a really struggle things i just didn't want to be out in public i didn't want to be seen um and so then since i wasn't even like being like a healthy version of myself i was like a wounded alex um it just kind of kept perpetuating that just like narrative so to speak of like the us being like pulling away from one another because we didn't really know what we needed of the other one or how we could help the other one yeah and i also would imagine that the um like the the issues that i guess like the biggest issue that we had in the relationship was like the infidelity stuff um i mean that was clearly like the one that you can point to with like the most distinction as being hey this is this is a really fucking big problem, right? Like this just continued to happen. Um, and I would imagine also that like, as that continued to happen and as you were dealing with the like self-worth and, um, confidence issues, like that was clearly not helpful to what you were going through and like what you were dealing with as well. So, um, I mean, again, like in retrospect, a lot of the things that happened, like it really fucking sucks to think about and it sucks to like talk about the, things that I was doing and like the decisions that I made, because obviously now, like I could see how impactful it was for you. And, um, like one of the, the things that was really hard for me to deal with after the fact, um, I guess like the more space that I got kind of was able to create between like our relationship and, and everything like that was feeling very much like I had like I don't say like, I think break is like the wrong word, but like how I like severely, severely negatively impacted you with everything that had happened and everything that had gone on. Um, and after we had finalized the divorce, after we had like separated, um, and really kind of having to like go through those emotions and process all of that and process, like I had hurt someone who I'd cared about so much, like so badly that was like definitely one of those moments where I was like, okay, like I don't want to ever do this to anybody else again. Like I am going to have to somehow figure out how to like, you know, move on and like not feel so much shame and guilt around this. Don't know if like that's ever going to happen, but like I have to at least try to move on from that. Um, but, but having that realization was definitely something that, you know, provided that motivation for me to try and be a better person, try and do things differently, try and approach like my next relationship in a different light rather than continue to do the things that like I had done in our relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, but it really is like, again, it sucks to have to think about like the motivation stemmed from the things that I had done so clearly wrong in our relationship. Yeah. But I, and I think that's a, a, a an important distinction too, is at the end of the day, you and I were never going to be the people that we are now with each other. Like we were never going to be better versions of ourselves with one another. Um, it like took us stepping away to realize the only way for us to grow and be better people, whether that be for our current partners or just for ourselves was never going to happen with you and I, there had been just too much there. We just had too many patterns, how we, we didn't know how to communicate a lot like it was always just going to be something where we were never going to be able to grow into like who we needed to be to be better um and i think for a while it, it's really easy also as somebody who is on the other side of infidelity like it's really easy to point blame it's so easy to be like you fucked up you did this like all these things 
and don't get me wrong for a while i was like that i was really angry for a period of time of like a lot hate it wasn't ever hatred hate is never the word i would describe just a lot of resentment a lot of anger a lot of frustration to where like at first i did not want good things for you like right away i want like i wanted things you to feel an impact in whatever way possible and that's like really shitty and really disturbing and i think i had also the realization that a lot of people stay there like a lot of people stay in that feeling of like anger towards their partner and or their former partner and i realized the only way that i was ever going to really want the best for you and who the person i thought you were capable of being the whole time that i was wanting you to be was to be able to forgive you because that was also the only way i was going to be free if i was like constantly in this like negative spiral of like anger frustration wanting the worst it's really exhausting to feel like that all the time. Like it's emotionally draining to just stay in that spot and then stay in that space. And it, I like read something not too long ago that's like freedom is not found in like seeking revenge or withholding forgiveness. Like freedom exists through love. And like I know the only way that I was going to really truly be free and that you were only going to be free is to understand that while there was a lot of sadness that I had felt I knew that at the end of the day I knew that wasn't who you are as a human being and I knew that you were going to if you wanted to grow into being a better individual I believe that you were going to do that and so for me being able to provide forgiveness for you was incredibly important not just for myself feeling free, but also to allow you the space to start to unpack what you were holding on to, to be able to move on. If that makes sense. No, yeah, it definitely makes sense. And, um, like you said, a lot of ex partners or ex spouses, um, they perpetually hold on to like those feelings of resentment or those feelings of like not wanting the best for their ex and I think that we were in that position for quite a long time because we both, um, we were both trying to move on with our, our newer lives, I guess you could say, but we were still holding on to a lot of like the past feelings that we had experienced either like in the relationship, in the marriage or on like that immediate other side of it, where there was a lot of like emotions that were very hot and heavy coming from a lot of different directions. And it was just a lot easier to like point the finger or the blame at the other person. And it took us a long time to get to the point where like we had moved past that stage of resentment or like just pretending like the other person didn't exist or, you know, ignoring them in public or, you know, whatever other awkward behavior we, we had like, you know, kind of gone through. Um, but like what you said, it's energetically and emotionally taxing to, do that to act like that and it's so much easier to just be okay with the other person and again it took us a long fucking time to get there and um it wasn't always super easy and i know that like there have been a lot of ups and downs but uh but i i can speak for myself but i'm sure that you know you'd probably also echo this but like being where we are now i mean we don't have to be best friends but just being in a position where we can like be in a public place and have a conversation and like laugh and like 
talk about, oh, remember that time when we were married? Like, like talk about those things, like just be normal. Like that's just mm-hmm. easier, not even just for ourselves, but also everyone around us because no one else has to feel that tension that used to be just radiating from us all the time. Right. And like just putting myself in like the position, you know, let's say like six months or a year after we separated, like going back to that point, like we couldn't have even been in the same room together. Like it was, it was so uncomfortable and we had to go out of our way. We had to spend so much additional energy and effort to act that way towards one another. When in reality, like the easiest route is just being totally fine, being cool with each other. It's like, like it doesn't have to be anything more than that necessarily. I know that like our relationship is probably a little bit different. Like we're like, we are friends, like we still hang out voluntarily together and like our significant others are friends and like, it's, it's totally normal. Um, but even for people that don't necessarily have that desire or like, you know, maybe they're not always going to be running into their ex whenever they're at social gatherings. Right. So it's like maybe as big of a deal for them to like make things work or be friends. But again, it's like, at some point, it's always going to be easier to just be cool with them. Like, yeah. And there are a lot of people I, I found there are a lot of people that, um, whenever they in a relationship, they just delete their ex out of their life completely. So like, whether that's just purging pictures or, you know, getting rid of anything that reminds them of their ex or like, you know, going through all these playlists and deleting all the songs that remind them uh, of that person. But for me, like that, that was never me even like at my worst that I was ever someone who was like, oh yeah, like Alex and I are over. I'm just going to delete everything that reminds me of Alex and delete all of our pictures together. Um, mm-hmm. but I think I always understood, like if I were to try and do that, like I have to pretend like half of my life doesn't exist anymore. And yeah, like as much as it sucks to have like a long relationship end, there are also like a lot of good things or good memories that are, were from that relationship or like a, a lot of good things that stemmed from that relationship. Um, but you know, just because we weren't necessarily meant to be together in like a romantic way and that didn't work, that doesn't also mean that like we can't be friends because before we were together romantically, before we were married, like we were still friends and I don't think yeah. that really went away or had to go away. So right. I don't know if you really have anything to add to that, but like, I mean, obviously it wasn't easy and it took a lot of effort to get to the point where we're at now. Um, but I mean, do you think that's important for other people to try or do you think it's just more like a matter of situation, circumstance and like, you know, depending on that specific relationship? Yeah. So I think it is dependent on each individual person wanting to facilitate their own growth. I think that's incredibly important for like what we do to work. Um, If you were still acting how you used to act and like if I I was like being see like seeing that I really wouldn't want you as a friend of my life in all honesty like and if I was like how I used to be you also might have be like incredibly triggered to just be around me and so like to me it's important to I think also you and I as we got into this place we probably had it accepted at some point that maybe this wouldn't happen and that we were going to focus on ourselves, our own growth and our relationships versus forcing something to inorganically happen, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I think one of the best things that happened for like our friendship to still exist and even just the health, health, the healing process to occur was I was 
I was not in Columbus for like eight months. Like I was in Akron for yeah, like six to eight months. So where there wasn't ever this like fear of us running into one another, having to navigate certain things. Like occasionally it happened, um, like at a music festival or something. But for the most part, we were able to live our lives without fear of seeing one another. And during that time, we were still working through like the disillusion process. So that was very much still like yeah. apparent and present. But we were able to kind of focus on who we were and our relationships and allow ourselves to grow as individuals so that whenever we did come around one another, we felt a little bit more at peace. Um, I know you had mentioned the comment of like suppression of like in 2019 or in 2020, like suppressing a lot of what you were going through. I would say I was, there was just a tractor driving down my road and I have not seen that before in my neighborhood. I was like, why is there a tractor? Um, for me, I would say it was not a suppression at all. Um, and I can speak on what has allowed me to grow as an individual. I would like to say that it was 100% just me, but it, it it wasn't. A lot of it was very much with Sev. Like with Sev. Um, I think that I, I, I can speak in my relationship, but I got very lucky that he did not want me to exclude you from my life. Like that was never something that he ever, ever wanted to the point where the first time he had told me he loved me, we were, hadn't been dating, him and I had not been dating that long. We were still very much going through a, like, kind of in, not in the thick of it, but in a way, kind of in the thick of it. And he had said after he loved me, because I was kind of like taken back, he's like, I just want to let you know that by you feeling love for me, that does not mean that you do not have to love Bryce. He was like, you very much will always have love for Bryce in your heart. And I want that for you. And it's okay if you love him and you love me. And that was a realization I had of like, oh, I don't ever have to get rid of a piece of me that was so incredibly pivotal in my life that has had gotten me to this point. Because if I would have had to like pretend you and I also did the same things I didn't delete photos I didn't get rid of shit that was like not representative like you and I it was very much integrated into my current relationship and I would say a really healing and cathartic way where if a memory came up of like I told you the memory of like the salad bowl of like yeah. Things like that, where I literally had this like moment where I pulled out a bowl, was putting salad in, and I just like started laughing in our kitchen. So I was like, "Why are you laughing?" And I was like, "So it's this really funny thing." And I just like told the so- story of how you used to eat out of a salad bowl that was massive. We all made fun of you until a girl puked in it, <laughs> and then we all were like, "Not Bryce's salad bowl!" Like we were so tragic. like, "Oh." It was tragic. It was a it was like a heartbreaking moment for you, um, but. There was never a point where I was not able to share memories of you and I with Sev. Anything that ever came up, he encouraged me to like speak on it and to tell me about it. Um, And because of that, I was able to move through the end of our relationship and closing a chapter without it being so abrupt and not working through stuff. Like I never felt like I had to withheld or that I wasn't able to work through anything because if that would have been the case I would have been very much stagnant like I would have probably not 
thrown because then I felt like I would have been concealing a piece of me that made me who I am. That was half of my life. Like, and so that's something that was incredibly important for my growth and for us to kind of get where we are now, at least for me, was now because I had worked through everything I needed to work through, what I felt like remained was the bits of our friendship that we had built our relationship on in the first place. Like you and I were like really good friends before we started like dating in high school, like really good friends. And I would say even throughout our relationship and our marriage, yes, we were romantic, but I feel like we were always, we were always friends. We always could talk about literally anything from nerd stuff to sports. Like there was always that like friendship that existed. And so for me, being able to work through all of that with Sev and him being open and receptive to that, whenever I got to the point of having you around me more, I didn't feel like there was this like un, like I hadn't spoken on anything. It was just like our friendship exists and that was easy to then foster. Yeah. Um, and for you, seeing that you were at like adamantly trying to be a different human being allowed me to accept you in my life as a friend because I was like oh he's not doing the same shit or he's actively making a difference and I can like witness that and see that so it's a lot more it was just easier so I feel like for other people kind of getting into that realm I think it just depends on a lot of things also if you'd have to want it in reality like if you don't want to have a relationship with your ex that's also totally cool like we have a really unique situation and it's because we have all the same friends we go to a lot of the same events and so like we are around each other more than what a lot of people have right and our situation is so incredibly unique that like nobody else we know besides maybe like one other couple is like does what we do in all honesty there's no one else that we know has to like interact with their exes on a pretty consistent basis besides maybe like one other couple in our friend group um and so it's like if you don't want that that's totally okay but i encourage people like to start like to take ownership of what your own actions were in the relationship because in reality one person does not dictate the end of a relationship it doesn't like or the end of a relationship, I should say. It's two people that are both making mistakes, both not adequately communicating, both like creating and causing harm towards the other one. To where if you're not taking your own actions to grow and facilitate that growth, then it's going to be challenging for you to be around your your ex yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I think I, I definitely agree with you um, in the sense that like not everyone should really seek something beyond just like i guess in in passing like cordiality with their ex um i think that everyone should attempt to be cordial right like i don't think that you should intentionally harbor hate or resentment towards your ex i think if you can get to the point where it's just okay and like you just can view them objectively as like another human that you're around if needed and it doesn't have to be like this uncomfortable experience i think that everyone should want to get to that point um, but getting to the point of like friendship, I, I would definitely agree with you. I don't think that that's needed in every scenario. I, I think that it needs to be, it's uh, like, it has to be evaluated in the sense of, like, what am I gaining from potentially having like a, a true friendship with my, ex? like, 
<laughs> were able to look at that other person and be like, they don't add anything to my life in the way that they currently are. It's like, fuck it. You don't need to be friends with them. Right. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if, if you end a relationship and there are a lot of relationships that end for non, non like explosive reasons, like ours was an explosive reason for ending very much a reason that would be a good excuse to like harbor resentment and hate towards the other person. But there are yeah. a lot of relationships that end just because they weren't like romantically meant to happen. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there's nothing like really tangible that was like the the last thing that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Like it was just a lot of small things that built up. And like th those relationships in my mind is like, like what is the barrier there for you just being able to talk to that other person, right? Like mm -hmm. why why do you have to go through a third party just to be able to like say, oh yeah, by the way, like I need this, you know, this piece of mail from you. Can you send it to me? Like my new address is this, but I don't want you to actually like know my number anymore. Like, like I don't understand that type of, of, um, communication and like, uh, like relationship there between exes, because there are definitely points where like, whether it's abusive, whether it's like infidelity, whether it's like, you know, really, really big things that are the cause of the fractures. I get why there might be one party or both parties where they're like, fuck this. I don't want anything to do with that person. Right. Or also, especially like, if it's like a physical safety component, like obviously. Yeah. Oh, for sure. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of relationships where it's like, it just ended because it ended. And, and I don't see a reason why those people can't be like, dude, we're cool, man. Like, let's just be adults, right? Like, let's just be emotionally mature. Let's yeah. be capable of having a conversation. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be like a friendship, but like, you also don't have to hate one another and like harbor that resentment. But, um, like, I, I know that you mentioned Sev, who is your husband, like you guys are married now, which is pretty awesome. Um, and like, which also like, we couldn't do what we do without our partners. Like that, it would be incredibly challenging. It, like, it wouldn't be possible in all honesty. Well, I mean. Obviously, like you're with Seb, I'm with Lex, and I think how those relationships built at pretty much the same time. Like, I think we started seeing our significant others now at around the same time. Like as we go, yeah. as we were like going through this dissolution process. So like we actually were still together. Like you and I were still married. Like legally, yeah. Yeah, whenever we started seeing our our current spouses or partners, um, but. For for me, like whenever I started seeing Lex, it was a very different approach, I think, um, than how like you and Sev came to be. Because like you and Sev, I think we're immediately like, this is a serious relationship. Like we're definitely connected in like all these different levels. Like I'm pretty sure even if I were to talk to Lex, she'd be like, yeah, like we, it was just like something we stumbled into. Like it wasn't really best. Oh, yeah. That did. Um, I know that it wasn't for me something I was looking for. I definitely was not looking for a serious relationship right. at that time. I would say like for six months, Seb and I were like, we, we were kind of in it because in all honesty, like Seb was supposed to be like a one night stand. Like he was supposed to be. That's how it was supposed to be for us too. Yeah. Like he was supposed to be that, especially for me. Like I, I, like I, in our relationship, I had not had sex with anybody else besides you. And for me, Seb was like a, you can do it. Like as silly as that sounds of like a, you can have sex with another individual. You can do it. You're going to be okay. You'll be fine. And so, like, that's how it started for us. But, like, for 
six months, it was like, I think that we were, I think specifically for him, he was aware that like, he was unsure of like how this was going to go, but we also were here for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but like, it, it was a, I know what you mean. Cause yeah, it was very, it was similar for us, but at the same time, I would say out of the gate, there was, he took on a lot of like, he wouldn't like for me to call baggage. He yeah. wouldn't like me to say that, but he took on a lot of baggage for a potential, like not serious, if that makes sense. Well, you might not say baggage. I'll definitely say baggage because I would say it, he would probably not like me to say baggage. Well, like whenever Lex and I started seeing each other, like uh, we, we definitely had a few honest conversations where I was like, look, like this is my situation. Like it's very non-normal. It's it's definitely not- Very weird. Yeah, definitely not something that like you've ever experienced before. Uh, it, like I don't know if you're even okay with like being in something like this or like having to navigate it. I mean, I was very upfront and, you know, in the moment she, she was like, no, that's like, I get it. That's fine. I still don't think she- fully understood in the moment like what it was like how complex it actually was because i don't think even shit i don't think even you and i really understood how complex everything was that we were trying to navigate at that time was um but i know that like for lex and i it was it was definitely pretty difficult a lot of the the way through it um I, part of it too was just because like lex is a lot younger than i am she's a lot younger than we are and we had we had really struggled like her and I to try and come to like common ground as like why it was so important for me to have a relationship with you or for us and for us to be like okay with one another mm -hmm. and and I think for her it felt a lot like I was prioritizing you and I's relationship over her and I's relationship and I didn't know at the time like how to explain to her that's like that's not what I was wanting her to feel like and that's not what i was wanting that that was never my intention um but it it was incredibly important for me to almost have like not the forgiveness from you but like i needed i need almost like an acceptance or like some validation from you basically being like oh no like you aren't like this shitty human being like you're you're not you're not like the function or the product of the bad mistakes that you've made in the past and like I almost just needed there to be like some validation from you before I was able to like truly, I guess, like take a big breath and move on with my own life. Mm -hmm. And it, it took a long time for us to get to that point. I honestly think that the point where I started to feel like I could kind of like move past everything was whenever we had that really long conversation at Ben's um, Halloween a couple of years ago. Yeah. Where we hadn't talked in like a really long time up to that point. And then we had like this three hour long conversation where we just caught up and it felt very like, like normal and comfortable. And it was, it was just like a, a very refreshing moment. And, and I think after that, I was like, okay, you know, I, I definitely feel like I can start to kind of pick up the pieces and move on with my life. And I don't have to be like, so anchored to feeling like I need anything from you anymore right like i i wasn't seeking that out nearly as much as i had unconsciously been before that and i like i put a lot of pressure on lex up to that point of like expecting that she was just going to be okay with being in that situation and i was like looking at sev and being like well, well sev is okay with this like why are you not okay with it and it was very hard for me even 
even then, even being like so far removed from like the issues that you and I had, but like, even whenever she was trying to communicate a lot of like her thoughts and feelings on it, I was like, but like, why can't you just understand like that? This is very important for me. Luckily we've moved past that to the point where like, you know, she understands, like, I'm not like continuing to like go out of my way to like make this anything that it doesn't need to be anymore. Like we've gotten to the point where like, we're all just comfortably okay with one another. Um, and, but like, again, I, I don't think I did things the right way in my relationship with Lex, because I think I kind of like pulled her along rather than her, like being as comfortable as like, I was hoping that she would be in that situation. Um, and it, like, if I were to do it again, I, I definitely would have listened to a lot of like her thoughts and her feelings and the things that she was trying to communicate to me about like her uncomfortability in the scenario and again i think a lot of it stemmed from the fact that like she was thrust into the situation kind of vaguely understanding what it was but not truly understanding like what it was going to be and like the the pressures and like the the responsibility i guess that was going to be like levied on her in that moment um but yeah it's just like it it's it can't be overstated how important having a supportive partner is whenever you're trying to go through anything like this, whenever you're trying to like, um, I guess rekindle like some kind of friendship or relationship with your ex, like your partners, they have to be understanding and they have to be supportive. And you also can't force them into something that they're not comfortable with. And if they're not comfortable, like you either have to figure out why they're not comfortable. You have to like work with them to become more comfortable or like you just have to figure out maybe this, isn't something that needs to be done in this moment. Like maybe this just needs to be pushed a little bit further on. Maybe like we need to go about this in a different way. Um, cause like I said, you know, I actually think that I did things really wrong with Lex and how I approached everything. Um, because I was looking at like how Seb was approaching it and I was like, well, that's how Lex should be acting. And I wasn't taking her feelings into account nearly as much as I should have been. Um, which is definitely, a, again, a huge fault of my own and something I am not super proud of. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's just like another aspect of how complicated a lot of this can be, which, I mean, it makes sense why not a lot of people would want to put in the effort and time to make something like yeah. this work because it is so challenging on so many levels. And it's potentially challenging and complex without much payoff too. And yeah. And I think that's something that is probably like a little bit prohibitory for a lot of people where they're like, what is the benefit of me doing this? Like, why, why should I try and, you know, forgive this person? Why should I try and like find common ground with this person? Like there, it's no benefit to me, but again, like my own thing, it was maybe like selfish reasons why I just wanted like that validation from you after the fact where it was like, I can move on. And from your perspective, like, I mean, I can't put words in your mouth. I don't really know like what your motivation was to like, for us to rekindle that relationship and, and the friendship. But, um, I mean, we had our own motivations and luckily now, like we got to a point where we're good and things ended up working out. But I also think there are a lot of ways that it could have gone south and like it's it's nice that we're able to be emotionally mature to the point where we are now and i think that everyone should strive for that like strive for that emotional maturity but um i think the reality is that like it's probably still going to be like a pretty unique thing for a lot of 
exes to get to a point where like they're comfortable with one another in this capacity yeah and also like going off of that we did without we maybe we knew but we did ask seven lex to be in in an impossible situation like i said there's very few people that we know that are doing what you and i are doing even if we were single if we were didn't have romantic relationships it'd be really challenging to just for you and i to exist and, and like i said nobody else really does that at least in our friend group besides a couple others but then you add the dynamic of oh by the way we would like you guys to be comfortable with this yeah um and then it's like I know, like, it's a, it's a funny joke, but I can say that, like, I respect the shit out of Lex. I, I vividly remember at that same Halloween party, she came up and, like, introduced herself to me because she was like, hey, like, I know we're just going to be seeing a lot of each other. I just want to, like, introduce myself. And, like, I was like, yeah, th- this is awesome. Like, I'm, I'm Alex. Nice to meet you. And... Because for me, and I've actually chatted a lot with Lex about this, where when she was around, I would make myself, like, not smaller, but I just didn't want her to feel uncomfortable by my presence. Um, So I would kind of just be like, I don't know what the word would be. Just I wasn't as, like, eccentric as I maybe would be or outgoing as I normally am, especially in, like, social situations. Um, And then when she did that, and it was a conversation you and I had that, like, she didn't have to be nice to me like in all honesty like she could have been extremely cold to me she could have been really rude to me she could have made me feel really uncomfortable all things which would have been like a i get it like a hundred percent this makes sense and she's not like that and i think from that same halloween party i know that was something that seven like her had it was like a okay they're still talking it, what's going on is this an okay thing like I know Sim was very much like this needs to happen like I understand this needs to happen but like even seeing her being a little uncomfortable that night to where she is now is insane emotional intelligent growth like it, it's it's wild and I'm not saying she was not emotionally mature then that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying just like the level of what she's grown to now being around me and like how she acts and treats me is like amazing yeah and like there's a joke that seb always tells her that he's proud of her like every time he sees her he like says it and it's it's kind of like a joke that they say to one another now but like i know he genuinely means it and like wants her to feel like that every time we're in this situation because it's not normal what we're doing yeah and we wouldn't be able to really have the level of connection or friendship that we have now if our partners weren't along for that growth and that ride. And I know for me, my reasons of like wanting to exist and have a friendship with you. And I, I've told you to you this before. I've told Sevit, like I missed my friend. Like a lot of people, you know that if you go through a breakup. If you go through a divorce that like, you're not just like losing someone romantically, but you're losing someone that you spent like so much fucking time with. And like, our friendship was not ever something that was a problem, I feel like, in our romantic relationship. And so, like, for me, I missed having my friend, even just to talk about sports with, or, like I said, random shit of, like, memories that would come about. Like, it was important 
for me to just feel like that element wasn't gone because that would have been that would have been I think another grieving process if like I realized after the fact like now in our dynamic if we couldn't be friends I feel like that would almost be like another level of grief that I'd have to work through if that makes sense um and so for me that was why it was important but the, a very distinct difference between my relationship with you versus my relationship with Sev, like one of them is the communication component. Like I would say that like we communicate about pretty much everything, like anything that comes up from a feeling perspective, whatever it may be, we always are talking about that. And so if he had ever felt a level of discomfort, it would have been like a, hi, hey, why are you uncomfortable by besides the obvious like what in particular are you uncomfortable with is there like a fear like is there a fear that I would go back to him like what is where is that coming from so that way we can like talk through it and like provide reassurance or like growth towards one another um and to be fair he was never like ever uncomfortable by you at all um I would say similar experiences he was always trying to make sure he was always really respectful of you um I remember the first time we all were going to kind of be around one another. We ended up not being around one another, but it would have been Halloween, the drive-in Halloween, like oh, with night with nightmare years. That would that was like the first time that we were going to potentially all four be around one another, and we really weren't in reality. But he had told me out of the gate, like, "Hey, just so you know, if we're around Bryce, I'm probably not going to like be pansy." Or I'm not going to be, like, touching you a lot. And he's like, I, that's not me not wanting to, like, connect with you. That's me wanting to make sure that he knows I'm not trying to be disrespectful or rude to him. Yeah. And, like, that was something I really respected. Because that was important for me as well. Like, I wanted you and her to both feel as comfortable as you could around us without there being this weird, like, animosity or this weird, like... uh physical component that can make everyone feel really uncomfortable um but he always wanted to make sure that he was respectful of you and your space and and our relationship you and i he always wanted to make sure that that was something that was just respected essentially and also like fostered um and like i said the the level of growth at which for us was very like always communicative like he he's a very emotionally intelligent human being so was very much more than I was especially when we met but the thing that he had told me when I, I he had told me he loved me was something that was really important for me to hear I think that I didn't realize that because having your partner tell you like oh you can always love your ex-husband and that's okay and like even to this day like acknowledging my love for you still exists obviously in different ways but like it exists in where like I want happiness for you. I want growth for you. I want everything that you want in this life, whether it be romantically, monetary, whatever it is, like I want that for you and that love will never go away. And so to have that acknowledgement from him, I was like, oh, I don't have to hide that part of me was really, really important for me. Um, And so, yeah, that it. It's just allowed, I feel like, that, for me, I can speak particularly that, like, 
I was able to move through so much with you and I because I never had to suppress pieces of myself. But I guarantee you that was probably taxing on Sev as well. Yeah. Like I, I'm like he if he never made me feel like it was by any means, but like he like he was signing up for something that like I said, he wouldn't want me to call baggage, but essentially like being with a partner that you just started dating for with like six to 12 months and hearing them have to always talk about their ex to kind of process and regurgitate all the shit that was going on. I imagine was exhausting for him and um, whether he would admit it or not, but I, I commend our partners tremendously because yes, it's hard what you and I have to do and what you and I had to work through, but that we, we can't also diminish what they had to go through. And like what they still go through, even though it's a lot easier now. Um, yeah, because honestly, we would yeah, we wouldn't do it without without them. Well, I think part of it is like if you are the other person in that relationship, you're on the outside looking in in a little in like a, a sense where like you and I are very much or we were very much in control of what was going on because we were the ones having the conversations. We were the ones trying to process the emotions. We were the ones trying to move forward in, in some capacity, but they were the ones that were kind of just there as support. They were there trying to also come along with us. They were trying to keep up with whichever direction we were going in, in the moment, which wasn't always the same direction because there were times whenever we were like, yeah, things are going well. Then other times we're like, fuck them. Like, I don't want to deal with them anymore. Like, I, like they suck. So like, Lex and Zev were very much having to play like that supporting role. And like, I would a hundred percent say that is way harder than what we had to do. Like they, whether they did or didn't voluntarily sign up for this, like I, I would imagine that both of them could probably say like, yeah, you know, like we kind of knew what was going on, but you know, we didn't really know the extent of how deep all of this was going to run um, or how long it was going to take to, to be able to process and move on from a lot of this stuff. Um, but like they definitely had the harder role and that i think is you know there are so many layers of why doing what we do and like getting to the place that we are now is it's hard but i would say that like the hardest point is finding partners that are supportive and okay with being along for that ride and being in that position of allowing like those uncomfortable conversations to happen or like you know talking about the halloween party where like you and i had a three hour long conversation where lex and zev basically just had to like entertain themselves for three hours while you and i were able to process a lot of the things that were going on that we needed to get out we needed to have those conversations mm -hmm. but they were put in a very uncomfortable position in that moment right so like also around other people where like other people are also like witnessing what's going on which makes you feel uncomfortable because you're like, yeah, hundred percent. And, and even beyond that too, like, I know that this was an issue for Lex where other people don't understand, like they don't understand the internal dynamic of like what is going on, not even just between like you and I, but between like the four of us where we're trying to make something work that is not normal that is very challenging to do in itself. There's no like playbook. There's no like game plan. Yeah. And then people on the outside looking in are very quick and easy to say, well, like 
that doesn't have to happen. Like, why are you just allowing them to be friends? Like, aren't you worried about like them becoming friends and them like rekindling some old relationship? Like, doesn't it make you uncomfortable whenever they talk about like their ex in that capacity? Like you have to like listen to all of that. Like, does it make you feel weird that like they haven't deleted or thrown away pictures or, you know, whatever. Right. Because people on the outside, they don't understand. Like they truly don't understand like what the dynamic on the inside is. And hard to like listen to that all the time too. And I know that like for Lex, if she had some of that going on where like there were people that she would have conversations with that were just very confused as to like, like, what is the purpose behind this? Like, why is this even happening? Like, like this doesn't feel like it's something that's necessary to have to put up with. Like, why are you just voluntarily doing this? And like that, that was something that I know was very challenging for her. And that was something that her and I had to have a lot of conversations about. And it was also very challenging for me to actually like articulate why it was so important for me that like you and I were on good terms. Cause I was like, I don't know how I can say like, I just need validation from my ex without it seeming like a completely fucking stupid excuse. Um, but it was much more than that. It was like, no, I understood all of the ways that I had fucked up this relationship. I had so much like guilt and shame around all the things that I did and like all the ways that like I had impacted and hurt you. Like, I just, I just needed like something there. I needed something mm -hmm. basically to say like, it's okay. Like we're okay. Like we're both able to move on from this. And, and like, finally we were able to get to that point, but it was like, until I, we were able to get there, it was me like kind of just like seeking that. And like, I always needed that in some capacity and it, had nothing to do with like a romantic level of, of interest or like me trying to rekindle any, like I didn't want that. Um, it was all about like basically me being able to like process the end of the relationship and move on with like a completely different life. Um, but again, like I struggled a lot to like be able to communicate that with Lex. And I think because of that, like she didn't fully understand like what my reasons were for like desiring that like okayness between you and I um and I know that it was also really hard on my end too because like I was wanting these things and I was like I just want like Alex to forgive me for all of the shitty things that I did but in reality it was like I can't really like force you to forgive me for a lot of those things so it was very much like I don't know how to like approach this I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing um and I, I was like I don't know how to like prove that I'm like a different person now. And I don't know how to like, to go about the next steps of whatever, like this, this procession is supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, just in general, like I, I probably want to wrap up here soon because I'm, I need some fucking food, but, um, I'm hungry shit. Yeah. But like, I don't know, just, just in general, it's, it's something that I think both of us can acknowledge like the weirdness of the situation and kind of like laugh about it because like we both know it's it's so taboo and like most people are uncomfortable just by the fact that we're okay with one another like i think there's that a lot of people that are, are weird like like you said kind of weirded out by it and it's yeah there are a lot of people that will like see this podcast and be uncomfortable just being like wait a second bryce and alex are having a conversation like that, just that makes them uncomfortable or, yeah. 
or like whenever like if we take a picture together like people seeing us together makes them uncomfortable and the amount of people that have met like us after the fact that didn't know we were married at one point like i know i know someone who was with us like at breakaway last year she didn't know that we were married before and someone had kind of like had mentioned it to her and she was like wait they were and they were like yeah and she immediately i think it was like around seven she was like is she is she okay and they're like yeah no 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 they're they're good and it was like what yeah (laughs) and so i think a lot of people are like which i think it, it challenges them because that's something that maybe like they wouldn't be okay with and it kind of forces like then i think that's where a lot of like people like will act out or say things out of like un- being unnecessary it's because it it challenges them to think about any relationships they've had in the past and how they've handled that previous like or that experience and like it kind of forces them to look at it from a different way as well yeah and most people their default is just uh an uncomfortableness associated with exes right like they just expect whenever they see two people that used to be married that now it's just going to be awkward or it's going to be um like volatile or there's going to be some level of like resentment associated with that or it's just going to be like a very strange situation to be in having them in like the same room together but like you said most people that know us now that didn't know us back then they would never know that we used to be married that we used to be together they were just meet us now they'd be like oh they're just friends it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like we also used to be married. Now we just joke about it all the time because it's kind of funny to see people's reactions. Yeah. But it's there still is like that level of like, like discomfort whenever people find that out or they expect there to be something underlying that. And it's like, no, dude, we're just trying to be normal. We're just trying to like, we're just trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to be adults and trying to like figure out what the fuck we're doing in life. And like we're all kind of struggling in the same ways. It's totally fine. We're just gonna do this. Um but or you have people that are like, well, or the some people that still exist are like trying to bring you down when they talk to me, like, oh, like well, what he did was so da da da. You're so much like all like you're inflating me. I'm like, oh no, no, no. I've actually like had visible conversations are like oh we're not we don't do that yeah. like we're not we're past that we don't that's not necessary because then it's also like, i i feel the need to defend you as well where i'm like we don't we don't bring that here don't bring that here please leave don't talk about that i've, I've had to do it occasionally on times because it's like you're no absolutely not we're not doing that we're, where we're at is because we've worked really hard and because you and i have still care for the other person to want the other person to succeed and be happy and like we want those things for one another so if anyone ever tried to like bring that down i mean i can speak freely if like someone was trying to talk shit about you to me i'd be like no and i feel like you do the exact same about me but like it's because of we're just trying we're we're being friends now essentially and we're navigating that new chapter but like it's a lot once you get to the point whether you become friends with your ex or not it is it is like a weight (laughs) is lifted off of you where you're not feeling just heavy anymore and it's like it's so much more peaceful like like i can speak from my own like emotional component it's it's just like at peace with everything and not saying i'm happy about how everything happened 
but in a weird way was supposed to happen how it happened because I don't think we would be who we are as human beings with the people that we're with the level of growth we've been able to achieve if it hadn't played out how it did I definitely agree with that um no I mean just to reiterate like it just felt like a weight was lifted off whenever we finally got to the point where we were okay with one another we could be in the same place we could have a conversation it didn't have to be weird like the the emotional baggage i know that you don't like that word whatever but the emotional baggage that was just kind of like alleviated in that moment it it was noticeable where you just didn't have to like act weird anymore you didn't have to go out of your way to be something or be someone that you didn't want to be you could just be normal and like you can just be normal it's like so much fucking easier for everyone including you so i mean the fact that we've gotten to that place is like i don't know i guess it can be like overstated how much better it is for everyone involved including us and obviously like this isn't for everyone but i also don't think that like just because you end a romantic relationship that by default you have to either hate or resent or pretend like that person doesn't exist or cancel them out of your life like it doesn't have to be like that there are other alternatives yeah like they're a little bit more challenging they require more work um but i think the payoff is worth it oh 100 yeah and I, like you said it's just it just feels so much more peaceful it really does we don't have to like walk on eggshells around one another or around people people don't have to do that like it's just like it's very freeing yeah. for sure all right well i will let you go we're gonna end this we're gonna off but before we go do you want to let people know where they can find you yeah so mainly i live on instagram for the most part um at no bay no gain i'm sure it will be posted somewhere here um i will i'm also starting eventually we're gonna get there i've it's just getting there um i instagram specifically for sex coaching and sex intimacy as well not sure when it's going to be up yet but it's your kinky best friend um <laughs> but i had to spell it k-i-n-k-e-e because instagram hates you being authentic um that's something that will have it hates everything yeah. um but that's something that i'll be going primarily posting on there for more like sex and intimacy education um and yeah those are from primarily the main places to reach me for sure Perfect. Yeah. And obviously like I'll leave links so that people can find you and, and give all the good stuff. But no, I appreciate you having this conversation with me. I think that it was good. It was insightful. And maybe at some point we can either do another one or maybe we can have like a four-way conversation. with. I was going to say, let's do it. <laughs> let's yeah. bring on. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome for sure. All right. So I will let you go. You go eat. Um, But yeah, 